Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post-Atomic Horror, the most comprehensive Star Trek podcast ever produced, with your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 391, covering an obel for Charon. Hi, friends. It's, uh, I'm, oh, oh boy. I have some sort of flu-like virus, and I'm a little delirious. So. Al has a, a powerful flu. Well, who, who's that? Who's that speaking? It's me. It's your old friend, Matt. Oh, right. Yes, Matt. Who finally Hi. got healthy again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but yours was, and, and I don't mean to diminish it at all, because it was a horrible, horrible thing you went through. Uh-huh. Yours was just pain. Mine's affecting my, my brain. I'm That's, I'm, that, that's true. Um, I'm the, not hurting the, at all. I'm just my, goofy. Yeah, no, my dick rock didn't make it impossible to to uh, record the show. I mean, if it did, I would have totally like you would have gotten a pass from me and the, and yeah. the listeners and everybody. It's mm-hmm. it's. Just, I'm saying like you were suffering. I am not suffering. I'm just loopy. No, no, I was okay. I was on a lot of painkillers. Oh yeah, Vicodin uh, will make you crazy, kids. Don't take Vicodin. Oh, Vicodin's. Oh, I love it. It's, it's, <laughs> I I enjoy that stuff. I feel like I'm on it now. As a matter of fact. Good. Good. Anyway, this this episode that we're reviewing was uh, was a little disjointed, like like Discovery tends to be two mm-hmm. or three shows going on at the same time. So, uh, kind of fun to review in my current state of mind. <laughs> and uh, w- once again, we're we're kind of at odds here. Like I I liked it okay, but I had some issues. You you seemed to quite enjoy it. I had a good time. Had a good old time watching this one. Gonna have a good time tonight. Tonight, gonna have a good. Yep. The no, Dancing I, Brothers are here with their opinion on the episode. So, uh, Glenn, Mark Bell, and the Killer Dynamo. Uh huh. Unfortunately, they're e- it's an even split on them too. So we're getting nowhere. What, like one and a half versus one and a half? That's exactly what's happening. That's the point of having three Dancing Brothers is so you can't get you know stuck in a deadlock. Now the Crimson Dynamo can't make up his mind. Oh God damn it, the Crimson Dynamo. <laughs> Wait, the hell the, are you even doing? It's here? the Killer oh, Dynamo. The Crimson Dynamo is from Marvel. Don't try to confuse me when I'm already confused. <laughs> Oh, that's right. He's Russian Iron Man. Yep. Uh, okay. So let me let me tell you. Let me tell you what happened, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, tell me about an obel for Sharon. Must I? You must. All right. Well, after four weeks of being jerked around, we finally get our first look at a TOS character we've all been very excited to see since they were announced a few months ago. No, not Spock. We barely care about any of that. Do you even listen to this show? No, I meant... Number one seems, well, I have no idea how she seems. She spends most of her time on screen ordering lunch. But she does hand off vital information regarding the whereabouts of Spock because, of course, she fucking does. So it's into the forest we go in hot pursuit of, oh no, it's a giant red thing. Specifically a giant red thing that destroys the Universal Translator and causes everyone on the ship to speak different languages. And if you thought this was like the biblical Tower of Babel, as referenced in the similarly premised DS9 episode called Babel... Don't worry, someone actually says this out loud because heaven forfend we let a thing like that slip by unmentioned. Fortunately, as previously established, Saru has the magic power of being able to speak 94 languages and is able to help solve the problem. But he also has a cold, and we know what what a mild illness means on a TV show, impending death! There's an old saying on the Kelpian homeworld, the biggest fear boner of all predicts your own demise. It sounds better in the original Kelpian, which is one of the 94 languages Saru speaks. 
Saru asks Michael to catalog his detailed personal logs after he dies, and suddenly it's so obvious that the big red thing wants exactly the same thing, as in the deadly danger we're facing is literally and figuratively almost exactly what one of our main characters is going through. This may sound a bit hacky and played out to you, but remember, this series takes place 10 years before the 60s show, so for the 1950s, this is actually pretty progressive (laughs) storytelling. Anyway, it turns out Saru is not dying after all, and the whole governing principle of his culture, fatten yourself up like a turkey until your little timer ganglia pops out, indicating that you're ready to be eaten by the ba'ul, is a lie. Meanwhile, Stamets continues to try removing the mushroom ghost of a middle school girl from Tilly. And by continues, I mean that Memory Alpha should label this part 80 of 7,000 in the Tilly's Dumb Mushroom Adventure Saga. Fortunately, Jet Reno is here, and she's even more awesome than she was in her first appearance. Together, she and Stamets, well, they mostly bicker. Uh, To be clear, bickering is in, like, the top three things I love most about Star Trek, and this is some A-plus bickering. But it doesn't do much to save Tilly. In fact, all they end up doing is summoning May, who now has a deep growl added to her voice to make us think of the Exorcist for some reason, and then drilling a hole in Tilly's skull. No, seriously. And getting her trapped in a lump of mushroom goo. Again. Still. So we get to spend the next episode in the Upside Down, I guess. Hooray! Also, Tilly reveals that her favorite song is space-themed and written in the 1970s because I guess no new music has been produced in the last 200 years. Uh, In her defense, Star Trek and Across the Universe is pretty catchy. So this is just the Dr. Demento episode then? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I didn't know if you'd know the uh, It's Time for Number One thing. I'm not familiar with It's Time for Number One, but I do know Star Trek and Across the Universe because I've been doing a Star Trek podcast for 10 years. That's true. It is, how could I not? As soon as I think that phrase, that thing earworms itself into me for, you know, a week. It's a, it's not a good song. But it's a catchy song. It's a very catchy, that's the worst part. Yeah. I it's mean, like the, a Japanese horror movie ghost. The worst songs. It's like simply having a wonderful Christmas time. It's like, mm-hmm. it's terrible, but also very, very catchy. Bow, 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 yeah. Dun, dun, dun. No, the, the real that, song. That's not even music for crying out loud. <laughs> The real song is a is a David Bowie song, and it's like, okay, but, and then also Jet mentions Prince. It's like, is there no music past the 1980s? I, at this point, I don't care anymore, just because it's this or violin solos, and I know which one. I will take Bowie and Prince over Data's violin solo any day of the week. Ah, uh, see, I, this is a thing we disagree on, and I think it's, it's. Not that I think, uh, I don't know, because then the other option is trying to make music that's futuristic, which is also terrible. Yeah, that's impossible. Yeah, but I think it's going to date the show. I think when you go back and watch it in 10 years, it's going to be like, oh, oh boy. Yeah, I don't care about that. When you go back and watch this in 10 years, you'll go, I like that song. I guess so. I don't know. It also felt a little pandery to me. Like, you kids like David Bowie, right? Eh? Eh? Here's the thing. Prince, I'm not so sure about, but... Uh, space people remembering a space song by Space David Bowie. I buy that. Yeah. All right, I guess so. He was a space guy. They like space. And the it's thing written is, all over their ship. I like David Bowie. I'm not saying like that's a bad thing. I'm uh-huh. just saying it feels weird that they're still talking about it in 200 years. I don't know, man. Some stuff just sticks around. I guess so. Can you name a pop song from um from uh, 1819 though? Uh, yes. No, you can't. It was probably yelled through a bugle. <laughs> yelled through a... Do you know how bugles work, Matt? Hey, you yell through them. <laughs> now, are you talking about a bugle snack chip? 
or no one of those it's not even a bugle it's one of those big horns you used to yell through oh like a ricola horn yeah there you go that's another great time for listening to the radio that would be 1919 not 1819 there was no radio in 1819 that's a wonderful time to be in the 1890s (laughs) there i run rings around you logically well that's true you did i mean i said 1819 not 1890 but that's a wonderful time (laughs) oh boy no, I... Okay, here's the thing. Uh-huh. I like these characters. Pretty much now that uh, Lieutenant Ash Tyler's gone, I like everyone on this show. Mm-hmm. Like, no qualifications at all. They're all great. The new ones are great. The existing ones are great. They're all great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the plot is a goddamn mess. Will, will you at least meet me halfway on that? Okay, fair. Look, there's a lot going on here that's kind of nuts. Yeah, and it's it's enjoyable because these are all well-written characters who are interesting and uh, performed by good people and watching mm-hmm. them bounce off each other is great. But, Here's the thing. Yeah. I enjoyed the I enjoy the evil red thing that looked like Apocalypse. Yeah, I like that okay. What I didn't like is how that tied into Saru's thing so neatly. Like, Yeah, that's if, fair. But that's, was, a, that's also was, how TV works, you know? Uh, it's not anymore, though. TV's gotten better, and the show should be getting better along with I will tell you this, it's how Star Trek has worked. Yeah, I know. And that's That's not a good thing, but it is a true thing. That's how Star Trek works. But it's one of the fundamental problems I've had with this series is it feels like the rest of TV's grown up and the Mm -hmm. show isn't quite along, like growing up along with it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, maybe that's what happens when you have a uh, franchise that's been around for 50 years, man. Like (sighs) Doctor Who's managed to reinvent itself. I mean, uh, it has ups and downs like anything. Yeah, it was also. I it was gone for twenty years, wasn't it? Ten years? I don't know how long yeah, it, was it was gone. gone I don't for know a while, but Star Trek was gone for a while. I suppose that's true. I just like that's a good thing to compare it to. Like, if a new, fresh team comes, I mean, you've seen a million things reinvented, like mm-hmm. like old franchises that got stale. That someone comes in and says, "No, here's here's a cool, fresh, new take on it." Mm-hmm. It can be done. And again, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's kind of a mess. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that could be. We still have the showrunner problem going on. That I don't know where we are with that, but yeah, you're yeah. probably right. So I don't know, man. This show has been plagued by problems. Well, we know at some point during the production of this season that I believe it was two people running the show got fired for like uh, harassing the writers. Yeah. And then someone new, I think it's Kurtzman, took over. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like, it's hard to tell because I don't know if it was a neat break between like after episode five, everything gets better. Yeah. Or if it was kind of like, well, we, you know, the production cycle means we're working on five episodes at the same time. So there's still a little bit of them in this one. Like, it's hard to tell. Yeah. So I don't know. But I mean, I will agree with you on one thing. They definitely have the characters down. Oh, no, they absolutely do. And I love everything about everyone in this. Mm -hmm. Like all of them. Like I say, the new ones, too. Like we got we got more um, Jet Reno. Excuse me. Denise Reno. Oh, okay. Can we take a moment? (laughs) Please, please do. So yesterday I was uh, uh, yesterday I was uh, working on some stuff and I went over to um, uh, Memory Alpha to check out uh, Jet Reno's page for whatever reason. Uh, why I did this I don't know because the discovery pages are empty most of the time. Well, you would think obsessive nerds would jump in and fill in fifty paragraphs the minute an episode drops, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Now they're all on the or the Orville wiki. <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, 
I got to her web her her page and it says Denise Jet. Actually, no, you know it doesn't even say that. It says Denise Reno, also also known by her nickname Jet. I got real mad, took a picture of it and posted it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So that led Flunk, who is known to continually vandalize Memory Alpha. I don't know how he still has an account there. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Went over and changed it, and then got yelled at, and then yelled at everyone on Memory Alpha. Well, yeah, there's no canonical... What I can tell is the rest of the day until they changed it. Yeah, there's no canonical evidence for this. If they're going to say, we can't say that Harry Kim's name is Harold, which Mm -hmm. is just a basic leap of logic. Like, Harry is short for Harold. That's what that name is. Mm -hmm. That wasn't, like, one of our crazy make-em-ups. That's just, like, logic. Yeah. Common sense. Yeah. Ugh. No, I but, see no proof. And then proof someone that provided some Denise. like proof that it was like it was canonical and everything, so they changed it. So score one for for Team Pa, I guess. Well, okay. Well, uh, so that that puts Flunk's, you know, Flunk representing us uh-huh. uh, at negative eight hundred and ninety-seven now. Yeah, and one win. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it used to be eight ninety-eight, and now he won. Yep. So next, we'll vandalize the Canar page again. <laughs> but it was it was great to see. Um, uh, we, I, I, I believe Jet, by the way, is short for Janet Reno, the, uh, the, the former Attorney General of the United States, <laughs> under Bill Clinton. Oh, I remember. I was watching SNL back in the nineties. Right. Um, but no, it was great to see her again. I loved her the first time, and yeah, I, I mean, again, this is my this good is, thing. Yeah, like she's just the best. Make her a main fucking character. Make her chief un- engineer. Make her the king of the ship. I want to see her on here every week, the rest of these morons. Yeah. She has so many good scenes with Stamets, because neither of them want to take any shit, and both of them are just pissed off all the time. Well, and and Jet comes at Stamets' stuff the way I do, which is, you you power your ship on what? The line, you power the ship on the things I pick off my pizza. Well, hang on. This is my quote. This might be the longest quote I have ever chosen. Uh-huh. This is a minute and 30. I already pulled it. It is a minute and 30, so I apologize. But on the other hand, I don't apologize because every time it's like, well, I could stop here. Ooh, but it's still good. Like, just yep. just listen. You're um, Jet Reno from the Hiawatha. I hitched a ride off that asteroid. Chief engineer sent me to firewall off the critical propulsion systems. I didn't realize a greenhouse could be critical or propulsive, but uh, what do I know? I'm just a gearhead, not a farmer. A uh, farmer? Please, let us know what you think, because we care. You should. Antimatter and dilithium might be old school, but they don't let you down. Why soar when you can crawl? You don't know me, Doc. I'm uninsultable. Especially by a guy who thinks he can run a ship on mushrooms that I pick off my pizzas. Spores are clean, renewable. Yeah, do they come with house dressing? Do you have any idea how many planets have been ruined by dilithium mining? How many battles were fought to corner its supply? Of course you don't. You're one of those people who never even consider it. And you're one of those people that does a ha-ha jokey thing and then gets all huffy and in high dudgeon when you can't think of a comeback. Do you have gum? Grape. You know, it was only a couple centuries ago that the Earth nearly choked to death on pollution. Then we all woke up. And within a generation, everything from a truck to a toaster was covered in solar panels. Yesterday's solar panels are today's fungi. Huh, I can fix stuff with duct tape if you want. It's very, very good. That was amazing. Yeah. And that's why I didn't hate the episode, because of stuff like that. Yeah. It was very, very good. I, 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 she's so good. And 
Yeah, saying, like, you run your ship on magic? What about science, man? We're scientists. Come on, mm -hmm. stupid. And <laughs> I'm, I'm with you, man. And, I mean, she did literally si re prove that she can science anyone. She scienced a dude back to life. She scienced several dudes back to life. She scienced a brain into a jar. Yep. It was amazing. Just because she understands how to fix things and knows how to read. Yep. So good. Now, I agree, and I said this in her first appearance. We don't even know who Disco's chief engineer is. Why not make it her? Yeah. The whole thing is very vague. I was trying to figure it out. Like, I guess they, they moved everybody out of chief of engineering where the engine is so they could put in the spore drive. The mm. spore drive continues to stick around, so this keeps being engineering with Stamets in charge. Even though he's not an engineer, sort of. He kind of is, but he's not chief engineer. No, he's a, he's a researcher. Yeah, Chief Engineer lives in the basement and is probably mad all the time. And and I don't think this was part of her insults. She mm. addresses him as doctor, not by rank. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because he's a researcher. Yeah. What's like up, doctor? He's, he's Paul Stamets' PhD, not, you know, commander. I mean, I, I think he does have a Starfleet rank, obviously. Mushroom science. Yeah. But, you know, his, mm. his primary title, I believe, is doctor because he's a researcher. Doctor, Mr. Stamets. Right. Doctor, um, Mister the Monarch. But I could, I could so, I, I am so done with all of that. Like the mm. sport. I mean, I was done with the spore drive stuff before. But Tilly, her whole purpose this season seems to just be this, the May stuff. Yeah, and it. I hated it the first time, and this yeah. is week three. Like now, and next week going to be more of it. Yeah. So this week the uh, the ghost comes back, the slime ghost. Mm -hmm. The Ghostbusters, Slimer comes back this week. And, and they do say the word ghost. They literally uh -huh. use the word ghost. So that's not just me saying, oh, more Voyager bullshit. They said it out loud. Mm -hmm. Then it tries to eat her. Yeah. And then it makes them all high. Uh-huh. Which that is That part fun. I liked. Well, okay. You just liked it because you could do your Takei impression again. Yes. Someone specifically requested this week, so. Well, going out to you. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> I'm tripping balls. Very good. Me and my good friend Tig here, <laughs> also known as Jet, and not ever known as Denise. <laughs> I did like, and this is, you know, this is standard storytelling, but mm -hmm. I still liked it. Like, their bickering was their first scene together, that that long, just back and forth, but by the yeah. end, they were working together. Yeah. No, they they bicker, but they can work together. Yeah. But, to you put, know. To vent gas to the door or whatever the hell was going on. But there were there were a few different problems that they came together very well mm -hmm. to solve, which I liked. Yep. And by the end, he's like, I gotta I gotta jab this hypo spray into you. You gotta trust me. And she's like, All right. <clears throat> like she's not cool. arguing at that point. Yep. She's like, Yep, you got it. I mean, they were also both very high at the time, too. Uh, I didn't love that sequence because like the effects specifically, like making their heads look bulbous looked real like I could do that in iMovie with like a <clears throat> I don't know. Like a fisheye lens. Womp womp. Yeah. Like, it feels like they could have done something better for that. I don't know. Man, you get into, like, the psychedelic colors or whatever, and it's getting a little too much. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not asking for Yellow Submarine. I, I, I might be. Well, they want right. to do I'm... an entire weird animated sequence? I'm fine with that. Look, if next week is Tilly going through, like, some wacky animated, you know, dreamland, I mm -hmm. I don't like the premise, but it would probably be fun. Yeah. Also, I, I guarantee you liked this. I thought it was over the top and a little broad mm. when uh, Tilly gets like zapped and then you see her giant hair sticking up all over the place. 
I liked it, but I like it when her hair's big. So I like when her hair is big because it's pretty, but this was played for laughs. It was like a someone getting electrocuted in a Mel Brooks movie. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I, I mean, we didn't see her skeleton or anything, but... Uh, if you slowed it down, you may have. Uh-huh. That'd be fine. Uh, I just, I thought I'm it was Tilly a and here's my skeleton. The thing is, I like Tilly, obviously, mm-hmm. and I like all the stuff with Stamets and... and uh, and Jet, but mm-hmm. I hate the, all that plot, all of it. It's so it's dumb. Just, it's the stuff they're doing, you know? Yeah, exactly. If we just hang out with these guys. Yeah. And all Tilly did was hang out in a jar and look scared. Yeah, I don't like that. Like, can't she help solve the problems also? Yeah, no, she's fucking smart. Get in and solve some mysteries or whatever. Yeah, or rewrite history, something. Yeah, don't, don't just stay strapped to it. That just makes me sad. Yeah. No, she had to stay in the, like, in the Spock's about to die jar. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, come on. Yeah, they reenacted that scene with a fucking pile of goo. Yeah, they did. Did not care for that. No. Um, uh, my good thing was... Yes. Uh, I loved seeing number one. Rebecca Romaine was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we saw her for, as I mentioned in my summary, about 30 seconds. Yeah, she really does just sort of show up and eat a cheeseburger. Yeah, order a cheeseburger and hand off this week's dumb Spock thing. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm here for it, you know, like... I, I saw enough to say, good good casting choice, these two have immediate chemistry, I buy mm-hmm. that they've worked together, I buy that they like each other, yeah. that they had a couple of good lines, and then she left again, I was like, wait, come back, I was just starting to like you, bye. Yeah. <coughs> but, you know, this is, this is one of those roles where it's like, we've always wondered about this character, it's great to see more of her, and... Mm-hmm. We saw just enough to say, okay, they could they could do this justice. Yeah. And then she left again. Well, so hopefully they'll bring her back. I hope so. Because yeah. they made a big deal out of casting her, and she's a name. Like, she's mm-hmm. someone we've heard of, so presumably they're going to use her more. I mean, like, let's be real here. They've made a big deal out of a lot of stuff since this, uh, this season started. I guess that's true. The promotion doesn't really seem to line up with the show very much. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, I, I kind of get it. We made this show, and Pike's going to be back, and we're going to have Spock show up. And the marketing department just latched on. Spock! We'll show them Spock! That's uh-huh. it! People yeah. love Spock! Okay. Spock, Spock, Spock! Yeah, I was talking to a friend of ours who only watches this show and is not very familiar with any of other Star Trek. And I asked oh, her, Oh, that's like, interesting. Do you care about any of this Spock stuff? And she said, no, not at all. Yeah. It feels like going backwards. It feels like I want to see what's going on with these guys. I don't care about that guy. I mean, we were talking about this last week. We know all about Spock. Yeah, no, we've talked about Spock this. Spock in a million fucking things. Yeah. We, easily the most documented character in all of Star Trek. Absolutely. Like, so, maybe... What, looking at, like, 75 episodes. Yeah. Six movies, plus uh, both of the both of the remakes he was alive in, plus yeah. TNG. The dude's been around. Yeah. No, there's been, there's been tons of him. Like, yeah. Let's make... And like I've said before, if we're stuck in this dumb prequel thing, let's talk about guys we don't know much about. Like, number one. Mm-hmm. Like, Pike. Yeah, the like, stuff they've done with Pike since he showed up has been great. I like that guy now. And as much as we were reluctant to latch on to this, what they did with Harry Mudd was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Like, characters that we've seen once or twice that could use a little more backstory mm. seem pretty interesting. So. And it's just like, this is episode four, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's been four episodes and just, maybe next week, maybe next week Spock will show up. Yeah, I just don't care. Yeah, I don't really care but, either. Just though I, I, it feels like I was watching yesterday. It feels like they're trying to lead up to the mid-season finale thing, but mm-hmm. I don't think this show has a mid-season finale. Uh, I think it just did, plays till it's done. They did last time. Yeah, they may again but, this time. For, all right. Well, 
for our sake, I'd sure like to know so I can plan a show. But that's yeah, right. Know, that that's my own selfishness there. <clears throat> why w- Discovery? Why won't you listen to us? A podcast, the only podcast that's covered all of Star Trek. Like, come yeah. on, man, we're important. hello. Yeah. You're welcome. We've destroyed entire cities with our reviews. <laughs> I I will say, I've thought defen- about that one in a while. Oh, I think about it all the time. Uh. I will say in in uh in number one's favor, uh, they do seem to be doing this sort of open exchange policy where whoever from the Enterprise wants to wander over whenever they want can do that. Mm. Uh, what's her name? I keep forgetting the character's name with like the um... oh the braces. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but she's great. Yeah, she is. She's the yeah. I... She's come back once or twice. Just they they basically let him come over whenever they want. We've really this episode we really widened out the crew a little bit, which I like. Yeah, we got uh, we got to Linus is back. Listen to Linus speak, which is cool. Uh huh. I was sick last week. It sucked. Yeah. Oh, God. Couldn't Saru just have been sick? Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Like I look, I can speak personally to this right now. Mm-hmm. It's a little hard to do a job while you're sick. Yep. That could That's why be... it was always expi- exciting when Spider-Man got the flu. Yeah, exactly. How do you how do you have the flu and fight the Green Goblin and get Aunt May or medication? Because <laughs> Aunt May's even sicker than you are, and you're so selfish for feeling like you're sick, because you're nothing like Aunt May. Yeah, what's wrong with you? Aunt May's on her 18th heart attack. Yeah. No, and and I, I don't know. Saru die like almost dying. Like yeah. I could have done without all that. Now that said. Mm-hmm. And we both have this like as as um, sort of qualified bad things. The the acting and the emotions in the Michael Saru scenes were yeah. excellent. Yes, but we all knew he wasn't going to die. TV should know better than this by now. They're not going to kill a main character, and we all know it. Yeah, and and yours is similar, but but different enough that it's a different thing. Well, the thing is, I like that scene a lot. Like, but it feels like the friendship, her friendship with Tilly, all over again. I talked about this last week. Michael doesn't seem to get any downtime with any of her so-called friends. And so when she has these scenes with them that, like, you are my good friend and I'm here to help you, it really feels unearned. Oh, like, and they and they specifically, he says, you're like my sister. Like, I left a sister behind and you basically filled that hole for me. You mm-hmm. are you were like my sister. And it's super sweet, but you're right. Where did that come from? Well, here's the thing. Last season... He hated her for yeah. a good chunk of this the season, and that I bought. There's that great scene where he turns around and just stop taking things from me. Yeah, no, that was and it's so well done. And look, I buy him coming around on her this year. I think that like like after the end of last season, that is could easily happen, but we don't see any of it. Well, here's here's my whole like headcanon on that. Mm. I feel like um. Giorgio brought them both to uh, the Shenzhou years ago. Yeah. They basically served together and, and sort of grew. I mean, they were they were grownups, but they sort of grew up professionally together. Yeah, under mom. Yeah, and, and basically became sort of work siblings. Mm-hmm. And then they had a big falling out with, you know, Michael starting a war and getting their mom murdered. Well, the thing is, one of the, one of the earliest things we see in the show is them sort of going at it. It always felt to me like that ship ran on... Like basically the Spock Bones dynamic with Kirk, where Georgiou's Kirk and Michael and Saru. Yeah, let me hear Spock both and... sides. You're, yeah, you're the logic side. You're the emotion side, kind of thing. And they're always kind of at each other. And this yeah. is what happens when Kirk dies, and you have these two leftovers. Like, are are we friends? It, it's but no, it's no, like I... that scene with with Bones from way back in the day, where he's like, I don't know what our deal is, Spock. Yeah, I think that was uh, the Tholian web. Yeah, 
where they thought Kirk was dead, but he wasn't. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the work was put in off screen when we didn't see it. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like they had a big pre-existing relationship that we're just supposed to take as red. Yeah. And what happened over the last season and a half is they got close again, but we didn't really see that. Yeah. So it's not like they built it from nothing. It's like they came back. Yeah. The thing is, I want to see that kind of thing. Oh, you know? I the do too. show always feels like it's going at 10, you know, and ne- yeah. it never slows down to have like, to do like a card, like the yeah. a poker game sequence or something. Yeah. Or we no, can just I agree. See the guys. That's part of my problem is the plotting is a mess and there's so much of it. Like mm-hmm. we've said this since the show started, summarizing the show is so much more difficult than previous shows because there's yeah. just so much happening all the time. Yeah. And the other thing is, like, you know, watching the show week to week, it doesn't slow down. Like, we go, every episode leads right into the next episode. Like, there's no downtime for any of these people. No, and also, I don't feel like they have a good handle on the serialization, because it's like, this is clearly a one-off episode. This is clearly Mm -hmm. a, this is the alien thing of the week we ran into. This is the problem that we're, we're dealing with right now. But... They also had to keep that Spock thread going, which nobody cares about that. Yeah. And they also had to keep the Tilly thing going, which is a whole separate story that has nothing to do with anything. Mm. Like, if it was the main story of this alien thing changing the Universal Translator and them trying to fix it and communicate with the thing, that would be fine. Yeah. But they got to add so many things. Yeah. And it's irritating. This Star Star Trek episode has too many things in it. (laughs) It definitely does. But I mean, the the again, the Michael and Saru scenes were very good, mm-hmm. and I totally bought from both of them. Also, they should absolutely get uh, like an Emmy or whatever for uh, the makeup and prosthetics on Saru because oh, he looks so good with his shirt off. Yeah, like sweaty shirtless Saru, and that oh. sounds that that sounds lascivious, but it's not. He's sick and dying. Uh, the sweat effects on him throughout the episode are so can good. You, can you remember like? The heavily prosthetic uh, characters like Worf or Odo or, or anybody like that looking as good when they're supposed to be like sick or whatever. Like, no, this is by far the best we've seen. Something yeah, like absolutely. That. Like I, I noticed it at one point. It's like, oh, my God, he's just sweating his ass off. And it's like, oh, wait, that's very impressive. Yeah. Usually the sort of rubbery latex that they do guys masks in just don't look right, I think. Mm. Like, or they, they're not, you know, they can't do a convincing effect. And I don't know how the hell they did this. They yeah. probably CG'd it up or something. I don't know. Yeah. But whatever they did, amazing. It, do, it looks really good. And then, yeah, we see him with his shirt off. And, you know, there's a lot of body there. He's a tall guy. Like, there's a, yep. there's a lot of ground. To Doug cover. Jones is a tall drink of water. Yeah. And, uh, like, there's, I cannot imagine how much work because every square inch of that is, is detailed mm-hmm. with little, like, you know, folds and crags yeah it's and... not like he flattens out when you get his shirt off like, yeah no uh, he's a ken doll underneath no that's that's why i'm like talking about how tall he is because like that's that's four feet of trunk you have to detail mm-hmm. and they did a really great job with it yeah i will say this though would like to have seen those hooves <laughs> to see well, what's going on down there i want to see it you gotta you gotta leave something to uh to the to imagination. imagination or to or to season three <laughs> Next year we're gonna show my hooves. <laughs> but it was it was a very good, you know, apart from the fact my that we soons. <laughs> apart from the fact that we all knew he was not gonna die. Yeah. Like it was a good Saru episode. Yeah. And uh, as tangled a mess as so much of this is, like Michael's arc of at the beginning saying, I need to recuse myself of 
this Spock mission because he's my brother and we got history and I can't mm-hmm. deal with this. And then by the end saying, you know what? Saru's kind of my brother too and I just helped him. And Maybe like, I can help my maybe, crazy brother yeah. with his knife-wielding problems. That was actually a good little arc for her. Mm-hmm. Like using Saru's problem to realize, you know what? I owe I owe it to my brother, figuratively or literally my brother, to, to help. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I mean, yeah. I hate all the knife-waving Spock implications like... He killed three psychiatric doctors. And, well, uh, maybe he's possessed by a fungus monster. No, he's possessed by a red angel. A red angel. Oh, it all sounds so dumb. All right, well, <laughs> what else happened? Spock is a murder. <laughs> uh, they, they did a retcon that I didn't completely hate. Okay. Uh, felt a little forced, but I didn't hate it, which was... um. Uh, the Enterprise is still catastrophically failing, mm-hmm. uh, and Pike's talking to number one. He's like, you know what? It's that fucking hologram system. Just rip it all out. We'll use view screens from now on. Yep. And I didn't hate that. Like, it felt a little, you know, like, over-explainy, nah. but nah. It's still, like, okay, that's something. It's all right. It's fine. I never, I don't care about that shit anymore, you know? Like, it doesn't line up. It's not going to. It's fine. I don't care. No, it's when, like, if you just ignored it, mm-hmm. like, the, um... The Abrams movies just sort of hand wave and say uh, alternate timeline, different tech, whatever. Sure. That's all you need, and they don't spend any more time on it. The show keeps making new stuff and then keeps trying to explain it. Like, uh, just don't explain it. Just, yeah. just leave it alone. Yeah. But this was cute, and there's a bit where, um, number one, uh, uh, he says, uh, I bet you knew I was going to say that. Or I bet I bet the crew knew I was going to say that, and she said, "No, I knew you were going to say that." <laughs> it was kind of cute. Yeah, no, uh, I like their dynamic. I'd like to see more of it. Yeah, me too. Um, what else? What else, indeed? Oh, there was a lot of bad metaphors. A lot of <clears throat> we're trapped like a fly in a web. Mm-hmm. Like there was, I didn't write them all down, but they they overdid the balloon and something bad happens thing. I like uh, I like Pike's travel. <laughs> Eight spiders. Yeah. It's not a spider. So, like, she has to tell him two or three times. Could we, could we stop calling it a spider, please? Could we not? It's not a spider. It's a big fire planet. It's a big red thing. Uh-huh. Or We found you your said. damn red thing. <laughs> or as you said, uh, apocalypse. Yeah, it's apocalypse. Darkseid lives there. Clearly. Uh-huh. If he had known killing one Saru would have done this to you, he would have killed a thousand. <laughs> Are they looking for the anti-Spock equation? Yes. At this point, I think the show could use it. Yeah. Um. Uh, what else? I don't know. I didn't take a lot of notes. I was having a good time with this one. I, you know, like I said, I enjoy. Oh, th- here's the other metaphor. Um, mm. like army ants eating a water buffalo. What? That's a strained one, there, Saru. W- what? I get what you mean, but that's a pu- <laughs> that's a strained one. Yeah. Doesn't Does it matter sense. if you don't like my. If you don't like my metaphors, I'll just bound away and you'll never catch me. <laughs> Stop him, he's gazelling. <laughs> he stole Mike's keyboard. <laughs> uh, I mentioned this in my summary, but I really didn't like the um, the exorcist bullshit on May's voice. Yeah. Like, why? We already know what her voice sounds like. Why not yeah. just do that? It didn't. It feels like it'd sinister. be creepier just, uh, like, I thought this in the moment. I feel like it would be creepier if it was just Tilly. It's because we know Tilly now, it's creepy yeah. to hear the wrong voice coming out of someone. Yeah. That's it? Yeah. Um, we don't need, like, echo effect. We don't need to use my T-Pain mic to make her voice all <laughs> echoey. 
Yeah. I did like the idea that, uh, and, and this was part of my quote, where Stamets is going on about how spores are the future and it's the clean thing. And then it turns out, nope, because people live there and mm-hmm. you're fucking with them too. Yep. I, as much as I don't like almost any of that plot, I do like the idea that he's all smug about his his superior tech and it turns out, no, that's that's hurting people too. Well, it feels like he didn't really do the research on this thing, Paul. Like, No, he discovered that it worked and left it there. Exactly. Well, I mean, that makes sense with Lorca. Like, I don't fucking care what lives there. Just get me into Klingon space real fast. And it's got echoes of um, um, David Marcus and the Genesis Project. Yeah. Where it's like, I don't know, use protomatter. Who cares? What could go wrong? Oh, oh, shit. Everything. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, well, now Christopher Lloyd's going to kill you. Oh, no. <laughs> um, that's basically all I had. Yeah. I keep thinking, oh, the, the show shouldn't be over yet. But I mean, if we don't have more things to talk about. I know what you mean. Like there I was... like uh I like uh Jets. Well damn woman, go. Yeah. There's a there was a lot of that. And and the the runner of her like fixing things with duct tape. Mm-hmm. She's so good. Was very good. Yep. Also, you can't improve on duct tape. It's still exactly the same in the future. Yeah, that doesn't bother me. Like a lot of yeah. times when they use completely mo- <sighs> Again, hard line to walk. Mm-hmm. Don't over future a thing, but don't just make it the same as now either. But then again, duct tape, yeah, you're right. That yeah. duct tape is duct tape always forever. Yep. That will never change. Mm-hmm. Give Anything? her a duct tape wallet. Mm-hmm. Anything else? For Spock to steal. <laughs> now that's a callback. Uh, what? Oh, um, I spotted. I, lo- I want to talk about Saru's quarters for a second because I oh, love yeah. them. Yeah, his um, weird garden. Yeah, it's like it's all moss. Like he's grown all moss and shit all over it. No, it's kelp. Yes, of course. Because kelpians. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, it still um, looks very cool. And his bed is like, like, it's not a bed. It's like, it's, he, he grew a sylvan glen to sleep in. Yeah, he's got like a hydroponics bay that he converted into his quarters. Yeah. It's very but, cool. Uh, also, you can spot uh, Giorgio's telescope in there, which I liked quite a bit. Oh, that is nice. Yeah. I mean, the telescope was a bit, you know, cliched and heavy handed at the time, but, but it no, is but still. No, but they made his quarters and they put it in there. Yeah. Like... No, that's a very good, you know, and it sounds like a callback. What it is, is one less thing the set dressers have to worry about. Oh, we already got this prop. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I I like seeing that kind of crap. Oh, me too. And actually, I mean, that goes back to at least next gen. Yeah. They've been pretty good about that. Like, like Picard had all his little keepsakes in his either Mm -hmm. his ready room or his quarters. Like the other thing I've noticed, Pike's quarters have slowly been being unpacked over the last couple episodes. Yeah, because he was just here on a temp assignment and now it's been like eight weeks or whatever. Like It's like, well, I guess I'm moving in. I'll get I'll bring all my archaeological treasures to decorate the walls with. Uh huh. And uh, what I'm I'm from Mojave, so deserts and yeah. horses. And Boz like... belongs in a museum, Christopher. <laughs> he he told at one point he told Detmer, "Don't spare the horses." Mm-hmm. Like, wait, he he knows more than horses, right? Like, he's got more than one thing. I hope Detmer's just like we have horses. <laughs> wait, I'm a very good pilot, and I've never heard of this. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yes, it's a thing. They still use horsepower in the future. I, I mean, I guess Warp so. drive is eight bajillion horses. <laughs> I don't see why not. Mm-hmm. Going back to Christopher Lloyd, I'm just picturing like uh, your your warp drive fails and you have to get it up to speed with horses or some kind of a locomotive. I guess one point twenty one gigawatts. Yep. All right. Anything else? I think that's everything I got. Very well. Well, next week we uh, uh, the title is even worse. I know that much. I, don't I don't know, think man. Beaten open Opal for Sharon. 
no, no, this one's worse. Hang on, stand by. Oh, I <laughs> when, will. When when Amanda recorded the uh, the bumper for this episode, like we mm-hmm. we got a bunch of them in the can when we found found out the titles, we had to do two or three retakes because she couldn't stop laughing. I think you should have gone with the, an oval for Sharon. No, 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 for the for the next one. Oh, bring it here on. it is. Saints of Imperfection. <laughs> That's real, real dumb. I love Saints Row of Imperfection. Yeah. Uh, so no guest this next week, but we will be covering Saints of Imperfection. So uh-huh. look forward to that. Uh, if you want to write to us, postatomichorror at Gmail, the website, postatomichorror.com, the Tumblr, postatomichorror.tumblr.com. We are on Twitter, at Algar, at Robot Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, our forthcoming fanfic project uh, endeavor is happening March yep. 1st, the first episode drops. Uh, you get it a week earlier if you donate to our Patreon. It is patreon.com slash Algar. That's A-A-L-G-A-R. Uh, the website for Endeavor is ussendeavor.com. Also, if you can't spare the money mm-hmm. to uh, donate and you still want to get the show free, there is an alternative. You yeah. can draw art of anything of the mm-hmm. ship of the characters and i know the episode hasn't posted yet but i posted some very basic sort of character descriptions uh on the website that you can look at and say oh yeah i could draw what i think this guy looks like and uh the idea is that we're not we don't want to commit to any one established look for any of our characters so draw what you think they look like yeah basically and any of like anything like anything you draw for us is as good as cash that's the same as donating to the patreon and we will give you early access to the episodes Mm. So check that out. Uh, And I think that's it. All right. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Elgar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2019. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.